0: Welcome to Doc Talk. Today is episode number forty, and it is part two of the Path of a Juris Doctor with Andrew Waring. We look forward to talking with Andrew today. Um, it's really neat to hear his perspective on a couple of things. Number one, um, what he's most passionate about when it comes to the law and um, his practice, and we talk a bit about. A couple other things. Um, he said some advice. He gives some great advice for people looking to go out on their own. Uh, so you definitely want to tune into that. That's at the very end of our conversation. But we also talk about how realistic is what we see. <laughs> On TV, you know, when the lawyers are going back and forth, quick at each other, they always have the right thing to say. Um, how realistic is that? So you want to listen to this episode because he he weighs in on that too. All right, with that, let's get started. Welcome to Doc Talk where we discuss all things doctoral. Been there, done that? Then we wanna hear from you. Wanna be there? Want to do that? Then this is the place to be. Still trying to figure it all out? Yeah, so am I. So come on, let's do this. Let's venture beyond a master's. What is the biggest thing that makes a jurist doctor and am I saying that right? Jurist doctor is just jurist doctor or jurist yeah, doctor, Juris like,
1: doctorate. Jurist
0: doctorate.
1: I think is what, there you go. You are the jurist. Yeah. The person
0: is the jurist doctor. Right? There
1: you go. There okay. You
0: go. But the degree is the jurist doctorate. Okay. <laughs> All right. There you
1: go. Yes. I, I clearly use it so often. That I yes. Know. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Pop quiz. Um, okay. That's so right. the jurist doctorate, what makes that different? from i obviously the length of time of schooling the 10 possibly up to 10 years uh versus a a 3 year to 5 year program what makes it different though mm-hmm. from a a traditional doctoral degree earning that aside from the fact that you're going to practice law um as opposed to being a teacher i don't know what it no dissertation like what makes the yeah. difference so
1: um it it really is missing a, a lot that i think you know, that in looking back and I think every lawyer will tell you they should have, you know, they should be like a medical doctor program where Mm -hmm. um, you have to go in. And so I go to school for three years. I take a traditional number of hours of classes, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, just like undergraduate school. Um, It's just a real intense three years of classes. And then at the end of it, I, Have a graduate degree from a law school, so I can put JD after my name. And that's it. There is no practicum. There is no um, like a residency equivalent. There is no obligation that I ever have to work at any time for a law firm in any kind of internship capacity. So you can go through, you can graduate law school, you can pass the bar exam, and you can open your own shop and say, come hire me. Wow, with no experience at all, and now those attorneys don't last long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. But uh, either because of the financial, they can't do it, or because they make so many mistakes that the state takes their license away from them. But you know, th- there's there's no experience requirement, which I think really is a disservice to attorneys, you know, or, or graduates from law school that they really don't know anything when they get out. From the practical standpoint, they know the theoretical, but not the practical.
0: So you'd think it'd be it would be in the best interest of lo- the law programs to put folks through a a hands-on sort of thing, like the medical medical yeah, people do, like residencies so. and things. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea to me. Instead so of be thrown out, yeah, <laughs> I, to the wolves right well, away. Well, sure, and I,
1: yeah, I mean, I think that if. Uh, uh, if there was some incentive for like my law firm to hire a student who's transitioning through law school, you know, to work a certain amount of hours a week and have some oversight, if there was some, I mean, there's gotta be an incentive for us, you know, cause we're the one owning the business and it's under our license. But if there was some kind of cooperation between that, you know, that could turn into a full-time job for that student or at the very least, when that student gets out and goes to work, they can say, oh, I've done something like this before. So I can go back and kind of recall, you know, how that happened.
0: Yeah. And having a mentor, um, so much, too. It seemed You'd get a yeah. mentor, somebody and for advice, you know.
1: Yeah. When I went out on my own, um, you know, I, I prosecuted for two years, but I didn't do anything else. And so I could easily transition to becoming a criminal defense attorney because it's, you're just switching sides. Um, but the laws, it's all the same. And, and, and my relationship with the prosecution or the prosecutor here was a good one. So it was able to move, but I didn't know how to do a divorce case. I didn't know how to do, you know, estate planning. I didn't have any, any, anything to start with. Um, so my former boss took me into his private office and he said, here's a form for this. Here's a form for this. He just starts pulling them out and says, here, take these, make your own forms. You know, these will give you your templates to get started because Atchison's a good community in that generally we all try to support each other and and try to help each other make a living. Um, so we don't try to cut each other down. And, and in that case, you know, I was 27 years old. He respected that. I'm just trying to, to make a living and, and survive. And so he was said, anything you need, you know, I'll give you a form for it. And, and then the John, who's my partner now, I think I called him every day for my first year or so that I was on my own asking him, how do I do this? You know, the client would come in and they say, can you do this? Yes, I can.
0: Yeah. Let me get back with you on that.
1: <laughs> and then I called John, how do I do this? And and he was great. He, you know, he'd say, let me send you some forms and he'd walk me through it. And, you know, and we were off and running. Now, is that something so, you would do in front of the
0: client or would you say, yeah, I'll get back with you on that? It, you know, no, just, I'm, this is a serious question. <laughs>
1: yeah. Is that something that yeah, you would, no, that's fair. or
0: does it kind of, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that, a, is that something that someone would, should do out of earshot of the client or is it okay oh, to reach out, out for of help? Earshot. Out of earshot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I can,
0: let me get, let me get back to you on that. Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so now if I have a question if it's not something I can do like uh, I don't know how to do a personal injury case I've done a couple over the years and i I've recognized that that's just not my area of expertise at all whereas my law partner has done that for you know decades now so if anyone were to come in the door I would just say go talk to John you know he's your guy he's gonna in fact I have that with a phone call this morning with a client, you know, somebody I had grown up with calling me and I'd said, I can't do that, but Mm -hmm. my partner can, I'm going to have him call you. But if, if someone had called me in the past and said, can you help me with this? And I was unsure about it. You know, typically your response should be something along the lines of, um, I think I can help you. Let me, let me make a call and, you know, clarify some questions or something like that. And what you're, but you're not, making that call right in front of them.
0: Right. That makes sense. Uh, you don't want to lose credibility. Like this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Am I in the right yeah. place?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you don't want to give that indication. And then you also just have to recognize when you just don't know.
0: Right. Right.
1: And you just say, I, I don't know it and I'm not going to know it. You know, we get calls for unemployment and uh, wrongful termination and, and stuff like that. It's I just tell folks that we just don't do that. And there's not enough work here to be regular enough that I could feel competent in the area to, to practice. So it's better for me to pass it along, you know, and, and that, that referral network pays back, you know, we've all kind of got attorneys that we send people to, and sometimes it's opposing counsel. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and okay. <laughs> So we've got a guy in Kansas City that we really, John and I were on the other side of a case and he was professional and, you know, cordial about doing things. And he wasn't litigious just to be litigious. <laughs> uh, so we started getting a lot of calls in that area and we said, you know, we don't normally do this, but you should call this guy. And so we've sent, I don't know, at least three or four people to him in the last year. Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it works out pretty well.
0: So, what are you most passionate about in your profession?
1: Um, there are times when I think people need a break. You know, it, it, they, it's not that they're not guilty of having done something, um, but rather the circumstances that led them to commit. I'm talking about criminal defense. You know, so if my client's a, the defendant and they're charged with a crime and they're guilty, there's no dispute about that. But you got to look at the circumstances that led to where they what got them to where they are. And I think I'm typically most passionate about trying to get those that are deserving, you know, that second, third, fourth, fifth chance, you know, because, you know, rehabilitation takes many steps for most people and they're going to screw up along the way. And, you know, sometimes they need that second, third, fourth chance to, kind of right the ship and, and get moving and that that's that's kind of the biggest one. I I guess maybe that's probably where I'm passionate.
0: Are these like down and out people who didn't pay bills or are these like hard criminals or little like sure. thieves. So like how many chances do you give a thief? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I totally understand what you mean though about, you know, sometimes depending on the situation People need to be given an opportunity to do something better. But then how do you I think that would be the hard part for me. I think I could prosecute all day long, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if I had the education for it. But I don't know if I could defend people who that that for me, just my personality, I'd have a hard time doing that. You know,
1: it's so I'm talking about the idea of uh, criminal defendants. When I'm talking about that kind of second shot. And You know, not everybody's deserving of a second shot. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've got plenty of clients that, frankly, um, are not deserving of a second shot. Mm. And, you know, and it's unfortunate, um, but it is what it is. And sometimes you're just kind of working them through the system. Um, But, you know, you kind of run into some folks, you know, you mentioned a thief. Well, maybe they shoplifted at Walmart, you know, baby clothes because they couldn't afford it. Yeah. Um, You know, and and that's kind of where I've been, um, you know, before with a a past client. And, you know, they're they're just, you know, you make a series of decisions in in their lives that lead them to where they are today. And and if you saddle them with a conviction for theft or a conviction for battery or something like that, then, you know, that's going to cause them problems for the long run where you try to get. Some sympathy out of the prosecution and saying, "Okay, let's let's set them up for future success." And that's kind of how I tried to handle my prosecution role when I worked in Jefferson County. Was, you know, not to to just ding everybody. You know, I, I didn't believe in throwing the book at everybody. Mm. Sometimes I did. You know, sometimes I felt like people were undeserving of much sympathy, and they were. You know, I'm not saying somebody who's molesting a child deserves any real amount of sympathy. Right. Um, you know, because you've got a real a victim in that case, but I'm I'm thinking more than other circumstances. Um, so where if you get the right tools in place, the right, uh, you know, participation from services, you know, from various agencies or whatever that are yes. local. You know, we try that. Now you mentioned debt collection. I mean, you know, it, it, our position there is, you know, no reasonable payment plan will be declined. Like we don't want to create animosity between anybody and we don't want to put somebody out of their homes because we're garnishing their paychecks. Right. Um, you know, this is our community. So we see these individuals out and about, you know, I, I see them on the soccer field when our girls are playing soccer. I know these families.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I. So, it's not. I'm sure it's not easy. That's a. That's so hard. That is hard. There's so many. I'm sure you come uh, across so many characters, so many like cases where your heart's just like, oh. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah,
1: it's tough. You know, I, I, t- I told a client so well, it had hired me to do something, and and they had said, you know, oh, we did some looking, and you came really highly recommended, and. I said, well, you just didn't ask enough people. Uh, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> so, oh, so do you have, um, do you have paralegals who work
1: with you? We do. Um, I have an assistant that works with me. Her name is Clarissa. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been uh, with me for probably a couple of years now, I think. And, and she's been, Uh, uh, really good. She's a a wonderful lady. She's she's about (laughs) thirty. So uh, she's pregnant with her first child. She is super excited. So she's been really good uh, for me. She kind of helps keep an eye on me, both professionally and personally. Like if if I've got something that she knows is going on, like she knows my family. She's friends with my wife. You know, she takes care of my daughters if they need it. You know, if they're in or whatever, and she'll you know, help with my dogs if they're at the office with me, kind of a thing. She's just wonderful. And, you know, she's very loyal. Um, but she didn't have any training as far as being becoming a paralegal. Uh, she worked at a bank before working for me. And um, she started part-time to kind of help out a little bit with some kind of administrative type things. And then when we formed the the law firm, she came with me to that side and has just transitioned phenomenally into that role. So, nice. that, so she's my assistant. And then John, uh, he has Melinda and she's been with him. I want to say 15 years. Wow. And do um, they do like yeah. the research,
0: like background research for you?
1: And no, they don't do anything like that. It's uh, more, you know, preparation of documents, gotcha, uh, helping with the filings and, and all of that. John and I take care of our own legal research So most of what we do doesn't require a lot of research because we're, we've just done it enough that we don't have to keep researching the issues. Yeah. Most of it is more just preparation for, you know, John does a lot of domestic work and civil litigation. So he's in court a lot for those issues, which when you've been doing it for 20 years, you can kind of pick up a file and and argue a case fairly successfully without a whole lot of preparation.
0: Wow.
1: So. Yeah. I kind of take more obscure stuff it seems like. So, you know, contested adoptions and stuff like that that take more work.
0: Okay, so I have a question that's kind of off <laughs> it's kind of on topic but off topic. So, obviously TV is TV and I haven't seen this show in so <laughs> long. Vince and I used to try to pick a program and we would take like months and months and months and months to actually get through a season of a show or something. But for a long time, the show we would watch is the good wife. Are you familiar
1: with that? Okay, I think I've seen one episode.
0: Okay. Okay. So maybe, (laughs) maybe you won't be able to answer my question, but I'm telling you, so there's some moral, like amoral stuff going on in there as there is in a lot of shows these days the law that's happening that i see being practiced and played out in that show i'm like wow this fires me up that is so awesome like i was so pumped and <laughs> some of the stuff i'm like this is what they should do and wait a second what did they do last time oh yeah i was so into it it was so it was so good i at a point i was like tell my mom you've got to watch this show it's amazing but she just couldn't get over the the a good wife portion <laughs>
1: Uh, sure. Concept, sure, yeah. right?
0: The good wife yeah. concept. So if you put all that aside, but I'm, I'm like, but mommy, it's amazing. Like th- the cases are so cool. I was just gonna ask you, <laughs> how realistic are those cases? Yeah, that's all I was gonna ask. But if you've seen one episode, that might be sure. a little tough.
1: <laughs> I I couldn't tell you about the good wife. I know uh Leslie liked to watch The Good Wife when it was early. On, but then I don't think she's watched it in a long time. But the show she and uh, my oldest daughter Carly really enjoy watching is Law and Order SVU. Oh, okay. And is it legit? So, like... well, sort of. <laughs> um, you know they they don't like me to watch it with them because I kept saying, "Well, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen." You spoil no, like it, the fa- all... <laughs> spoil the show. <laughs> like, ah, I think so because like that's. That's not the way they would do that. But, you know, I think that um, a show like that from the legal side, you know, I think I think it really probably is fairly accurate with some degree of, you know, liberty to make it more entertaining. What I can tell you is that when you watch those shows with lawyers and, you know, opposing counsels are all the speeches really clipped and back and forth and, you know, kind of they're on fire and they're firing stuff back and forth that rarely happens in the courtroom.
0: Is it, it's like boring. (laughs) Is it less, less animated?
1: Yes. Oh yes. Typically much less animated attorneys are, um, you know, even the best attorneys are stumbling over their words um, because they're trying to phrase, you know, we're trying to phrase our questions correctly um, and in the way that we want to do it. And sometimes, you know, you get you know, I'll ask a question, there's an objection, you know, and they'll cite whatever their basis is, I and mean, I'll make a response. I mean, it doesn't happen that quickly. And you know it, <laughs> sometimes the judges are a lot more animated and involved than normal, and other times they're really bored with what's going on. <laughs> so
0: a friend of my mom would oh yeah, go ahead, good. Ahead. No, no, no. No, I was just going to say a friend of my mom's was a judge years ago. And she said, sometimes it gets so boring. She'd just write her grocery list.
1: (laughs) 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 But it's, it's true. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're in there and the attorneys can't get the parties to come to an agreement when the attorneys know, uh, here's the issues. Here's how the court rules 99% of the time in this issue. And we try to tell our clients, you know, you should come to an agreement that is in this neighborhood. And no, I don't want to do that. Okay. Then I guess we go have our day in court. And, you know, so the court already knows generally how it's going to rule once it gets an idea of what the issues are. Gotcha. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes your clients just want to say what they want to say on the stand and they just got to get it off their chest and let them have at it. So Less dramatic, so, less yeah, dramatic
0: than we see it, on, on TV. It
1: It is. Yeah. You don't, and I've never really gotten into that. uh, I, I know of no time where that person, you know, the, the, the witness stand confession, you're right. I did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it oh, doesn't happen. Gosh. So, wow, but it's, it's entertaining. I mean, if, if you get an opportunity to go watch a jury trial, you should spend a day and do it. You know, um,
0: I've had the opportunity. Actually, I, there was a point there where I kept getting called to sit as a summary court martial. <laughs> I don't remember the official title. It was what, like in 2006, 2005 and 2006. I was stationed at Fort Lee, Virginia, and I kept getting called to do these summary court-martials. Like, so (laughs) there was an actual JAG officer in civilian clothes who kind of walked me through what I was supposed to do, but it was an officer who had to preside over this thing. Um, So I've never done a real, I've never, I I was called to do a duty on a couple of occasions. Um, And then I had to sit in on one as a juror in uniform with like, UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice, sorts of uh, sorts of things. Oh boy! Yeah, really interesting stuff. It's like, oh gosh, how'd they get themselves in this predicament? Mm.
1: <laughs> That's not good. Not good. <laughs> That's what I ask my clients a lot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what were you thinking? Really? It would have been so much easier if you had just done, you know, X instead of Y. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Or, or you have the repeat client where you're saying, didn't we have a conversation about this? Oh gosh. And and that happens. I mean, you know, recidivism is the term and I mean, it's high. So
0: high rates, high rates. So, okay. It is. Yeah. Question, a couple things that I want to ask you here at the end. So two things that you can share about yourself Mm -hmm. that other people may not know.
1: Sure. Um, I can't remember what I wrote down.
0: You talked about the youngest but. elected member.
1: Oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So I, okay. So I mentioned that earlier, but I was on the city commission um, here in Atchison. And so I was working as the assistant County attorney and trying to figure out a way to get my name out uh, to let individuals know I was in town and they could hire me. And I was at lunch with my boss, who's now a district court judge down in Leavenworth, Jerry Peckelman. And uh, another guy came in and they were talking about the upcoming <laughs> city commission elections and who the candidates that they knew so far and, you know, they were not impressed by any of them. They, they jokingly said, well, Andrew, it was Todd who I think said it. Todd said, yeah, you should run Andrew. And, uh, and Jerry chimed in, yeah, run. Cause you won't get elected, you know, but it'll be a great way to get your name out there. Right. right. The assumption was, you know, I'm 25 years old and, you know, although I'm from town, you know, who really, how many people know me and would vote for me kind of a thing. And so I thought about it So, said, okay, I'll run. And I ended up, uh, I had people coming out of the woodwork, writing checks to support my campaign. That's
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, it, it was phenomenal. I had money left over and I was spending it, you know, as fast as I reasonably could on a local city election but I just didn't want to finish in last place. You know, so I was, I was really, you know, I, I was, I was okay losing. That was fine. I just didn't want to finish in last place. And I ended up winning every precinct in the advanced voting. <laughs> <And> <laughs> <laughs> so it was nuts. And I mean, it, it was not close either. It was crazy that, you know, the vote. So it was, it was a pretty wonderful uh, feeling and, um, I ended up getting elected vice mayor from among that, the five member commission and then mayor the next year, you know, during my term. So, you know, it was, it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. Youngest serving mayor and vice mayor. Wow. Uh, So yeah. Cause I would have been, uh, I think I was 28 years old. I think 29 years old when I got elected mayor. Oh my goodness. So (laughs) Which became just a very comical thing amongst all my friends. So,
0: <laughs> so you have that under your belt too. Wow, that's so cool.
1: Yeah. Did I send anything else to you? For no, second? I
0: think you just put like, hmm. And I, I thought yeah, I could fill. I, was... I thought I could fill something in. You alluded to it earlier. <laughs> yeah, but sure. just that you've coached soccer okay. here in the uh, the local community. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think, and yeah. that's how we. That's how our families met. With our daughters being on the same team, and then I coached one of your daughters, and yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, no your your team the first time we met your team was kicking minds uh pretty solidly,
0: oh really, <laughs> I thought it was the other way around,
1: no no no, 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 like you the are, first season uh, I coached an excellent, competitive, yes,
0: oh, okay, I'm
1: sure it was, was it the co-ed you are it which I, well, I don't uh. All right, maybe I'm mistaken then. If your first year coaching was co ed, you had Lily on the team then. So, but...
0: my first year coaching, it was just girls. I've only done one co ed season, and that was the season we kicked Booty.
1: Yeah. Okay. But you kicked, yeah. So, yeah, you had Lily on your team then, and that was a phenomenal team. It was, that was, uh, but a... yes, you are definitely a competitive coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, but man. yes, I, I, Josh and I have, have coached, I coached with, uh, uh, another another parent uh Sean for several years for my oldest daughter's team cuz she wanted to play and she had never played before and Sean coached her one year and I just started showing up to practice to help and I have a loud voice so I can project well from the sidelines I guess <laughs> <laughs> so I that's how I kind of got suckered into coaching and, and I've just really enjoyed it um you know Carly and her friends were a lot of fun to coach and Josh and I have really enjoyed coaching together you know, with Lillian this year, the coach needed some help, uh, cause he was doing it alone. So Josh and I stepped in after the first game to try to help. Oh, nice. So
0: yeah. 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 That's cool.
1: So we're, yeah, we just in, enjoy working with each other and, and our, our daughters get along really well. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: It's funny because so. I, I met Josh shortly after they got here. Cause, um, his daughter was in Girl Scouts when my, well, when Bryn was going to look to check out the troop and it was like the end of year picnic or whatever over at uh, the Reasoner park location. And Uh that's where I met him and Aaron and I learned that you know they were from Philly, and I'm like, oh yay, more East Coast transplant transplants because we are we are as well, right? But then when I saw you all interact all the time, I would have thought you guys have known each other like for years on end. And they they actually came after came here after we did. We'd been here a few years before they arrived. So, yeah, I just thought, oh really? Yeah, I just figured, oh well, maybe you're a professor at the college also, and that's how you guys know each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was all through Lily and Leia. Um, they hit it off really well, um, in class together and, you know, whatever, whenever that was, and right. they've just been friends ever since. That's and neat. Josh is a history professor. I like history, you know, we both grew up in the scouting program and, uh, you know, cause I was, uh, I'm an Eagle scout, you know, so he's an Eagle scout. We have that in common. And, you know, and so we've just always gotten along really well and, and and they're around our age. I think they're a little bit younger than yeah, me. Yeah, just a
0: little bit younger. Good. Just good people. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add? I know we covered quite a bit, but um, yeah, if there's anything I missed that you want to say, oh, they've got to know, you know
1: no no okay all right no, <laughs> no i don't think fair so. enough yeah. oh you know what you you know what it's funny you had asked me a question advice for those wanting to go to law school and i don't know why i'm thinking of this and then advice for those that want to go on their own mm-hmm. um and so the only thing i would say to that is if you feel like you can do it better on your own than do it okay um you know and don't let the money get in the way especially when it's in in the the law legal side because the work will come um, you know, we took a small loan to cover, you know, our expenses for a few months, and um, it was a big risk because I went from a salary to nothing. Um, you know, period zilch. I had no guaranteed income, and I think it took me about three or four months to make. And I, I remember, I my my first profitable month, I made five hundred bucks, and it was like, okay, this this is good. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, we can do this, and. And it's, it's been good. I mean, you, you know, I think if you, you know, you, you work hard and you just keep plugging away and and develop good relationships with, you know, opposing counsel, then there's no reason that you couldn't be successful. And, and don't be miserable in the job you've got, you know, out of any kind of fear. So
0: That's awesome. No, good.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, cool.
0: Well, hey, thank you so much for being on the call. I know we've been on for a little while, but... It's always interesting to me to hear from people I've either never met or and don't know anything about what they do except what they shared, you know, in correspondence. And then people I do know, but I didn't know all of that. Right. Yeah. And you're the first JD that we've had on the show. So, yay. Excellent. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) All right. Well,
1: yeah, this this has been great. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. Thank you for saying yes. Appreciate it. (laughs) You bet. All right, Andrew. All right. I will definitely make sure you get the, um, once I've edited it, will be in two parts. They typically break things and the shows into two parts. So you'll have a, a part one of episode and a part two of the episode. So yeah, share it out. Yeah.
1: You bet. I will. Excellent. Leslie said to make sure I put it on my, uh, my website. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea. I will. That's cool. Yeah all right yeah well hello to her and the girls and have a great what are we wednesday have a great rest of your week
1: (laughs) yeah same to you
0: (laughs) all right see you later all
1: right bye you bet bye bye.
0: this is your host allison Marchine, and i'm so glad you were here and i'm looking forward to the next time let's do this again